0: In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinus was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. This is a very familiar passage, especially around this time of year. Luke 2, the the very first Christmas story, what we are building towards. You're gonna hear multiple times probably this week. And as we head, I mean, one week from today is Christmas and um, it's, it's a story we're really familiar with, right? And it's the first description of the nativity scene. And, and I, I'm gonna lay my cards on the table right now. I love all things nativity, y'all, all things nativity. Like give me the little kids in their, their, their outfits, right? And the kids, I think I was in a play, I was an angel and I freaked out one time. Like I just cried the whole time. And my family, it's on VHS somewhere. Um, I love it like when people have them in front of their house. Yesterday, Kayla and I were driving around. I'm pretty sure I saw like, it was kind of confusing. It was like blonde hair, blue-eyed baby Jesus. And then I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting, you know. But uh, I don't think if that was maybe super accurate. But, you know, I love all that. I like, the, I like the, live, the live mangers. Like I know Brandon loves when we bring live animals on the stage. So maybe we'll do that. Um, I love all of it. I love all the activities. And I think that passion started for me with my mom. Um, I, like for me, Christmas is it's that time of the year where you get the things out of the attic. And my mom just always had, I think like different activities in different rooms, you know, there was different ones and she had collected over the years. And, and so, you know, I remember this one I had, it was probably from the seventies. It was like this wooden kind of looked like Jumanji book, you know, like thing, but you open it up and it was the wooden manger and you got to put the pieces. And at the end of the year, you'd have to, you know, Tetris them back together and put it back in there. And I remember that was always my job to do that. And so, so this is our first Christmas with our son. And so my mom, she, she decides, she's like, well, well, Forrest needs his first nativity scene. So she, my mama made this. Um, they're not for sale. Sorry. This is the only one. This is the one of a kind. Um, and she was like, well, you know, Logan, like it needs to be like, like inevitably this is going to end up in his mouth. Right. You know, so it has to like be chewable and like safe for him. So she knitted this thing for him. And we actually have a photo of Forrest. Um, that's my son Forrest, five months old. Nothing screams pastor's kid like a baby holding a miniature Jesus right there. Um, my wife caught this uh, while I was here one, one Sunday morning, and it was like, he's so proud. Like, there he is, little baby Jesus, right? And so, and so that's, a, that's a, like, this picture will live on for an infamy with me. And this is like, you know, we're having our first Christmas with our son. And, and man, that, that picture makes this story seem so cute and cuddly and simple, doesn't it? Because we've heard those seven verses and the ones that follow about the angels. And, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, we we just kind of almost take it for granted. Like, and if you read them, it's almost like so matter of fact, right? Jesus, you know, Mary and Joseph go to a town. Oops, baby's coming now. We're going to have a baby. Like, it's just really kind of neat and clean. But has anybody ever like stopped and thought about like how intense that might have been? And so what we're going to do today is we're going to try to dive into this story that I know we're familiar with. If you've never heard it before, you're in luck. We're going to go in through it today. But, but today we're going to dive into this more. And I want us to, to maybe kind of put aside some of those perceptions or maybe just that malaise that comes over us when we hear the Christmas story. We're like, oh yeah, this is what they're supposed to do, right? But, but I think there's something new here and I pray that God will meet us in this time. So I'm going to read a, a slightly different version of it uh, written by an author and pastor. And I want you to kind of, if it's helpful, maybe even you close your eyes and you can just hear the words because... I want us to really dive in to what this might have been like for, for Mary and Joseph and all those involved. So, this is Murray Andrew Pura. He's an author and a pastor, and he said it this way The Christmas story is familiar to everyone. Christmas cards and other modern renditions give us glimpses of a flawless Mary in pristine, wrinkle free clothing, a steady and unperturbed Joseph in an equally immaculate robe, a cheerful stable with clean straw and friendly animals and the arrival of shepherds in newly laundered snow-white tunics with dirt-free sandals on their feet. It is a romanticized version, of course, and can cause problems for our own spiritual growth if we take it too seriously. Luke's version is different. Mary isn't even officially married to Joseph, yet she's pregnant. They have to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem, a distance of 40 miles through the Samaritan and Judean hills. Mary goes into labor while there in Bethlehem, but there's no proper room or bed for her. She gives birth, never an easy process under the best of circumstances, and has to lay her firstborn infant, not in a cradle, but a feeding trough. In the middle of the night, shepherds burst in upon them, shepherds who smell of wood smoke and sweat and sheep, still shocked by what they had seen in the sky. I love that he notes this. He says, it's probably not likely a welcome intruder since shepherds were considered rough, and dangerous. The true Christmas story, know, I want you to hear this, the true Christmas story seems something of a mess. If we put ourselves in this situation, we sense pretty quickly it's no glittering Christmas card. It's real life. In our lives, things, even important things, do not always or even usually happen exactly when and where we want them to. Friends, we're in a series called Uh, making room. And we've been looking about the areas of our lives that God wants to do something in. And and as we make room for him in this season. Right. And and I just, as I was prepping for this, and I was praying into this and I was going, God, what do you want us to do right before? You know, we're, we're, we're T minus right now. Right. Like we got seven days. We're about to be at Christmas. Like, and I just kept having this idea that popped in my head of like, we're running out of time to make room. Like we're running out of time. Like, like, like some of you husbands in this room, you've not started shopping yet, right? Like I know, like you're running out of time. This is your reminder, okay? Um, but we're, we're running out of time to make room for him. And, and, and I know that there's grace for that, but I, I just know this, that like we could miss out on him in this season because this next week for a lot of us is the busiest week in the year. You're gonna fill it with so much stuff and there's so many gatherings and parties and wearing ugly Christmas sweaters and you're gonna have the music cranked up in your, radio, in your car, you know, all this stuff and you're gonna be so busy that you may miss it. And I, I just beg you, I, I, beg, I don't want you to miss Jesus in this season. I don't want that for any of you and I don't want it for myself and, I, and, I, and we have to do some work. I think there's some internal work that we need to do this morning to, to prepare ourselves, you know, traditionally this season's called Advent, you know, the preparation, the waiting for Jesus, the expectancy, creating room. And, and I want us to like, maybe even have to microwave that a little bit. You got a week and I'll, I'm hoping that you'll take this seriously and this will apply to your week. And you'll look at this and say, man, I want to, I don't want to just rush into to Christmas the 25th, but I want to be ready. I want to be able to worship him for the glory that he is due. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at that. So I got Like most pastors, I got three little things for you to think about and reflect on, okay? And we're gonna dive in this story. We're gonna kind of dissect it a little bit more. But the first thing I wanna look at here is I want an invitation, I think, is to reject the facade of a perfect Christmas. Reject the facade of a perfect Christmas. And I know that like you're like, reject Christmas. Whoa, Logan's bah humbug. Like what's going on here? You know, like, man, this guy, this guy, he's an angry elf. You know, that kind of thing. You know, like that's, you're, that's what you're thinking about me, and I'm, I'm not trying to be that way, but let me explain. I think the best way I can describe that is, is the holiday Christmas card, right? Because look at this Christmas card. Now, this is wonderful. This is, this is our first Christmas card. My wife and I kissing for us. It's really cute. It's awesome. But I know what really happened to this, this card, right? I know that moments later, my, our friends, Mike and Haley Penn, who go here, they, they, they took these photos and moments later, it was like, and that's a wrap. That's all we got, you know, like, cause he was like, no, I'm done, you know? And like, that's, that's the last good picture we got. And so this makes things, and we put phrases on it, right? Season's greetings. He is the reason for this season, right? We're blessed beyond measure. and those are all true. Those are true things. But our lives are never like this exactly on the front of this Christmas card, is it? Often there's stuff on the backside If uh, like what's really going on in the picture. I, for some of us, it took us everything we could we, we, to get everybody in one place to take a picture, right? With their clothes without stuff on them, right? Or for some of us, if we're being honest, like we, there's, a, there's a son, there's a daughter, there's a family member that, that didn't make it to the Christmas card because maybe there's some tension. There's some, there's, some, there's some relational hurt there. For some of us in this room, I know we've lost dear members of our family, but, but that, that card actually has someone missing this year. But I want us to reject because there's something about Christmas where we start thinking like, everything's perfect and magic and everything's gonna be awesome. And, and we, 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 we just get caught up in it and we're not really honest with ourselves. So, so I want to like kind of pull back the layer a little bit and ask like kind of ask you like, what's really going on on the backside of your Christmas card? Because I think as much as this season is it's wonderful and joyful. And we sing songs like, you know, have a holly jolly Christmas and it's the most wonderful time of the year. For some of us, it's not. Some of us are going through real hard things. And if we're going to make room for Jesus, then we have to be really honest with where we're at and really what's going on in our car. And so I'm not here to be a bah humbug, but I want us to invite Jesus into that space and to actually move and, 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 and help us in this season. As a pastor, I know, because the last month or so, I've been sitting with you and I've been taking your emails and calls and, and I just know there's a lot of hard things. There's, you find yourself single again in this season. You find yourself divorced or, or maybe um, you know, things are hard in your marriage I, I, or maybe you know, your semester didn't go so well, students, right? Like, man, GPA, ooh, took a hit there at the end, you know, like going to too many Cats games. I don't know, but like there's stuff there for us and, and, and I just think that we have this facade of we think everything has to be perfect for Christmas, or we'll just be so busy with all the things that we just will like, well, we'll ignore it. And I hear this all the time. Like, well, after the holidays, after the holidays, like then I'll start taking my faith serious. I'll start getting into it after the holidays. But isn't like the purpose of the season is to focus on the author and the perfecter of our faith. It's Jesus coming in flesh to dwell amongst us. Don't, don't wait. And so don't, so don't hide behind this facade of all the Christmas stuff and not really honest. Like, I, I, and I know, like, as I'm saying this, there's stuff that's popping in your mind. There's those relationships. There's, those, um, there's that tension. There's, you're, like, already fretting Christmas dinner. You're like, ooh, it's gonna look like something out of Christmas vacation, you know? Like, Uncle Eddie's down there. Like, it's gonna be maybe chaotic. And I want us to be honest with it, as opposed to being like, everything has to be perfect. This is the perfect Christmas ever. No, it's, it's, it's probably not gonna be perfect. But I think there's something for us there, and God has something for us in that space, what's behind your Christmas card? What's really going on there? Or so can we be honest with ourselves and others and say, man, there's, there's some room to grow. There's some things going on here. Secondly is this, I want us to rest assured that he is with us. Rest assured that he is with us. I was having a, a younger son, you know, I was walking with him late at night last night, right? Not sleeping great. And I was walking with him in, in his room and I had on my shoulder and I kept thinking like, it just kind of hit me. I was like, like he, like Jesus came as a baby. Like that don't make sense to me, you know, because there's nothing more vulnerable and innocent, but also like helpless as a baby. Like God didn't come in the form of a prince in a, in a, in a distant kingdom somewhere. He came as a, as a baby and he came in flesh and there's nothing more just... Like, man, I, 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 need, I need help. I need, I need my parents and a, and a baby that can't provide for themselves. And I think like, man, how, how interesting that Jesus came like that. Because I think, again, we read those stories and we hear angels and angels come in your sleep and we see like shepherds and we hear all these miracles and we kind of miss out on Jesus. Like we can't like touch him. Like we don't understand. Like he doesn't seem very very uh, realistic to us. But he actually, he's, he's very tangible. And he came in human flesh, to actually, so he can walk the road that we walk. He knows what it's like to not have those perfect relationships, or to have some family tension. If you look at his story, I mean, it's interesting that, like, if you think about it, uh, day one. If you even look at that story, the idea of that, I mean, Jesus would have had to. He's born to a family that was automatically filled of controversy. Like, you think there's going to be some awkward moments at your dinner table? Imagine being Joseph and being like, yeah. Mary, it's not my baby, it's God's baby and an angel told me so, right? Like no one in his family's believe in that. They're like, yeah, right, dude, we know how that works. You know, like there's scandal there in the middle of this. He's got travel with his, his pregnant fiance that it says he even wanted to kind of like divorce her quietly and just like not make a big deal of it. But he did not because an angel came to him, right? And then even this idea that we take the idea that you know, there's no room for him in the end. You know, that word end can be, better translate as guest room or, or or spare room. And yes, this, the town of Bethlehem was small. It was probably smaller than the size of, of immigrant Montana, less than 500 people total. And if this was Joseph's distant family, if they were all blood relatives in some way, imagine this is distant cousins and aunts and uncles and family members, and they're the ones that have no room for him. And I, and I can't read into the text, but I, Maybe because of the census, but I'm, I'm just curious, were some of them going, you know what? I don't want that mess in my house. I don't want that scandal in my house. Maybe they didn't have room for him either. And that's what Jesus is born into, right? Then a few years later, we know he is a refugee. We know that his own family turns on him at times. We know that even Joseph isn't mentioned later in the story, past about the age of 12 or 13 for Jesus. So a lot of scholars believe that Jesus, or Joseph, excuse me, passed away. So Jesus even knows what it's like to lose an earthly father. His own brothers think he's crazy. They keep trying to pull him in saying, no, this guy, he's off his rocker, right? He goes back and preaches in his hometown. They, They hate what he's saying so much. They try to throw him off a cliff. They go, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's boy? Isn't this actually, aren't his sisters hanging out here with us? They don't believe him. His own disciples don't seem to figure it all out all the time. And so if you're sitting here in this Christmas season, you're going, Logan, if behind your card, you're man, you're feeling a little bit discouraged, maybe uh, forgotten, maybe not fully understood, I would argue for the fact that our heavenly father who came in flesh, he's the perfect one that can say, I know exactly what that's like. That he entered into our story, entered into humanity so he can look us all in the eye and say, you know what? I know what it feels like to be rejected. I know what it's like to have some loss. I know what it's like to not have the perfect family system. I know what it's like to, 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 to be made fun of and ridiculed. And if that's you today, and maybe that's gonna even in, in, in heighten in Christmas time, like, you, like some of us, like we're getting on that plane and we're like, oh man, what am I going back into, right? Like you're, you're going back for the holidays and you're, you're already getting prepped. Like you can just feel the tension. Jesus could say, you know what? I, I know what that's like. Because he he didn't, I love that Jesus did not spare himself from that, but he actually entered into like the best and the worst of humanity. He went through it all for you and I, friends. And so whatever you're walking into in this Christmas season, he can say, I know what that's like. Rest assured that he is with us. He didn't just come on that that Christmas day. He didn't just come in that manger, but he is walking with us right now in our season. So on the back of that card, whatever's going on in your life, and it might be chaotic, you might be hustle and bustle. I wanna, before you get to that Christmas table, whatever that looks like this week, finishing up stuff as you're going to this parties, God is there with you. There's gonna be something I know that's gonna like not meet your expectation, right? Some conversation, some Aunt Betty's gonna say something, it's gonna happen, right? But I want you to be like, man, God, God's still in the midst of this. He, he did not spare himself from this kind of stuff. And he is with us in the midst of this good and bad. It says this in Isaiah 53. This is prophecy about Jesus. It says, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised. We held him in low esteem. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're feeling like that. Well, that Jesus is a man. He, he's acquainted with pain and suffering. He knows what that's like. And, and whatever this season's bringing, guys, the, the hope for, that we have in Christ, that for those of us who claim Jesus, that follow him with our lives, the, the beautiful thing is we know how the story ends, right? We know what's coming. And Jesus came and, dwells amongst us, and dwells, dwelt amongst us as in human form. We have the Holy Spirit guiding our lives now that he is with us in this season. He doesn't He doesn't waste anything. He's not forgotten us. And we know that he's returning to make all things right. In Revelation 21, verse three through five, it says this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the former things have passed away. And the one seated on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. That's our savior. That's who Jesus is. I don't know exactly what you're walking through in this season, but I know he does. I trust that he does. Would you seek him in this season? Would you slow down enough in the hustle and bustle this week and go, God, you are doing something. You wanna to speak to me. You wanna move. There's something in these relationships. You have something for me this season. I don't wanna miss you, God. I'm gonna. actually might to need to say no to some stuff so I can rest assured that, God, I don't always know what you're doing, but I, I know you're active. I know you're doing something here. I trust you, God. That's what he wants. He wants our heart. He wants our affection. Andrew Murray goes on to say it this way. He goes, there can be a tendency when things do not come together smoothly, to wonder what has gone wrong with our prayers or our relationship with God. This is why the true story of Christ's birth is far more helpful to us than the parody we immerse ourselves in every December 25th. This account in Luke is indeed the birth of God's son, a birth anticipated for thousands of years, a birth announced by angels in a blaze of light, a birth unquestionably superintended by God himself. But what do we find? a child born out of wedlock, a rough journey, no room to breathe, noise, confusion, the pain of childbirth unalleviated, but for Joseph by familiar faces, strangers breaking in out of the night. Hear this, yet God's will is done. I want you to hear these encouraging words from from the author. It says, if God God brings about his son's birth in such a dark and convoluted fashion, or so it appears to our eyes, May we not expect his will to be worked out in our lives from time to time, if not frequently, in a similar fashion. Friends, as, as we've pulled back this facade of the perfect Christmas that doesn't really exist, that there's stuff going on in our lives, there's relationships that might be hard, there might be excitement, there's, there's this tension of both reality of life, but also this hope and wonder, right? It, they kind of clash at this time of the year. And so you can be hopeful and, and, and expectant of God to do something, but there's also this reality that there's gonna be hard times. There's hard things that we walk through. Just like Jesus did. Jesus, the first Christmas was chaotic, confusing, painful. Like think about Joseph. Can you imagine like, like, like we, have the, we have like the blessing of like hindsight's twenty twenty to think like, oh yeah, like that's how it's supposed to play out, right? Prophecies, but like Joseph, like can you imagine like, oh man, got this order. I got to go to my hometown, like my area, go over there. And then like, all of a sudden Mary's like, hey, I'm, I'm having this baby. And he's like, now? Like, where's now? Like, okay. Like, like, that would have been crazy stressful as a dad that went to the hospital. And like, that was easy, you know, compared to that. Like, that was stressful. But God's will was being done, even though it wasn't exactly the way I bet he imagined. This is how our son's going to be born. If God brings about his son's birth in such a way, why do we expect it to be so different than us? Maybe God is doing something. I know that God's doing something in your lives right now. If we're willing to see it, if we will stop and slow down to see it. But will we also be able to like say, God, what, what are you doing? I'm not, I'm not gonna just, just assume everything is perfect all the time. But lastly, this is, this is our last point here is to rejoice knowing his will is being done. And I think this is the hardest part. Because we have to be honest with ourselves and others. We got to say what's going on behind. We have to rest assured that he's doing. But from that place, we can rejoice knowing his will is being done. Rejoice. So it's from that place that I go, man, God, I, I don't know exactly what's going on. And I know, man, I'm getting a little stressed out about Christmas and, and I want to make room for you. But God, I, 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 need to, I, need to, I need to praise you. Praise you for the things that he has done. The miracles he has the answer. I know for us, like our first Christmas with our son, it's it's beautiful because there was a lot of other Christmases we were not having kids. It was a hard road for us. And so this Christmas, there's something I can rejoice knowing, man, like, God, you've given us a son this year. And like, that's hard for me to even like wrap my head as I can see him right now. Like, because there were other Christmases that didn't seem like a reality. I don't know what that is for you guys. Maybe it's relationship. Maybe it's like, you're just, man, I'm just so lonely. I got nobody in my life. And I don't know how that plays out exactly, but guys, I know that like God, the beautiful thing is he come, he dwells with us and he invites us into his family and in his best form, that's what the church is. It's we're a family of God that he's adopted us as sons and daughters and says, you're mine now. And guys, that's, I don't want us to miss that and just go, oh yeah, the story, angel, shepherd's boot, you know, and we just, we miss it, but we have reason to rejoice, we got reason to say, man, in the world that is, I mean, you, guys, you know the reality. There's the suicide rates are up, addiction, all these things at Christmas time, they skyrocket because people have no hope. And as believers, we should be the most joyful and hopeful people and say, guys, we have the reason to celebrate. And so, would we sing out? Would we live that out and not just get caught up in all the chaos this week? We would not just look at all the hardship and the, the pain that this season might bring relationally, but actually say, God, you're somehow working in the midst of that. And God, you, you still see me and you're with me and you're giving me the strength to, to get through that. Can we rejoice knowing God's will is being done? I, I think that we expect the holidays to look a certain way, but when it doesn't, I want you to say, take heart because his will is still being done. God has not forgotten you. God still sees you. If wherever you're at, wherever the season looks like for you, God has not forgotten. you. For the parents that ain't getting much sleep right now, God sees you, I promise, okay? Last night was tough for us too, I get it, right? For those parents who the prodigal son may not be coming back for Christmas this year, God still sees you, he is with you. For those who are dealing with health complications and you're, you're just wrestling every day, it's hard to get up, God still sees you, he is with you in this season. There's something to rejoice about in this season. Would we rejoice to him? And so, so today, I, I wrapped up really soon. This is, we're gonna be getting out early, okay? I'll give you some time back because I know you need some time back. Y'all need some time back. Y'all look like stressed out. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We got this song that we started this series with called Making Room. And, and I want you to, we wanna end this before we enter into Christmas next week. You got a week. Guys, what are you gonna do with it? What are you gonna do with it? Because you're running out of time and you're gonna be tempted to try to, get, to squeeze everything out of this week. And I'm gonna encourage you, get everything, squeeze every little bit of enjoyment and, and, and delight in the Lord this week. Can you slow down and, and, and maybe just, just savor what this is that our Savior came in flesh to dwell amongst man, to make, a, make, room, make room for that reality in our lives and not just like an afterthought. We get past Christmas, like, oh yeah, Christmas, Jesus. Yeah, I heard that some part, right? Because I know, and I, I, I don't mean to mock that because it's really easy to do. Would you dwell on that? Would you just like chew on this passage this week? It could just look like you chewing on that passage. It could look like you just actually reading that story again and saying, God, that must've been hard, but God, you're, you're in my hardships too. What are our expectations when they don't meet our reality? Where we say, God, I know, I trust you and I see you and maybe we need to have a conversation, but maybe we need prayer. And so this morning we're gonna sing a song called Make Room and, and I, I just, I, My prayer for this whole sermon and this series, I've been thinking, man, what would it look like if we just gave God the glory he did? If we just said, God, you can do whatever you want to do in my life. Make room in my life. There's nothing hinder. There's nothing I'm holding back. God, what do you need to do? And and a lot of this, it comes up in those relationships. Maybe there's something you need strength with, help with. You're wrestling with stuff. I I don't know all of it, but I do know my inbox is full of a lot of people sharing some of that stuff. So I got at least a snapshot of it. And so this is what I want to do. When we, we start to sing this song, when the band comes out here in just one second, for some of us, maybe we need to just hear those words and let it kind of rush over us and, and listen to it. But for the, some of us, I, I, I want us to like pray that out as a declaration. Like that's like an anthem for us. God, like, whatever, what do you want to do? I'm making room. Like, you, you do whatever you want to do. I'm laying down this stuff, God. What do you want to do? And maybe when you find yourself at that Christmas table this week, hopefully, as you enter into the crazy aunts and uncles and, family stuff or, or, or the expectations, the hurt heart, whatever it might be, the good, the bad, the ugly, that you'll say, man, God's still moving. He's got something for these people and I can engage them and maybe even share who Jesus is. Maybe you bring one of those people with you to Christmas service, one of the services that's coming up this week. Maybe that's an invitation to do that some of us, may we need prayer. And the, the prayer team, I'm going to ask the prayer team if they would come down to the tables, maybe during this psalm, you're like, man, I just, I just got to pray. I, I need someone to pray with. And we'll have people down here to pray with you. But, th- but that's a simple invitation, guys. Would we, would, we re- would we reject this idea of a perfect Christmas? Would we rest assured that he is with us? And would we rejoice knowing his will is being done? Okay. Would you pray with me? God, we uh, we just give we give you this space to to do do what you want to do in our lives, God. Would you move in us? Would you would you change us? Would you would you shape us more into who, who you want us to be? God, would, would we not miss out in this season? Would we not waste this week? What we look at as like a preparation? What we would we look at it as preparation, not just to get the cookies made and the the gifts wrapped and and, and rush to a service, but Lord, would we just kind of Slowly walk through this week as best as we can. Would you give us the grace to that, God? And just say, Man, I want to. I want to make sure my heart's ready for Christmas. That I can walk into one of these Christmas services with maybe some neighbors and my family. Maybe they're they're near Lord, far from Lord. I don't know, God, but maybe we could walk in here and say, Man, I want to. I want to make much of Jesus. I want to celebrate Him because there's things in His that He's done in my life that I just can't explain. His ways are higher than my ways, and His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But God. He, he's worth it all. He's worth it all. So God, I just pray for barriers to be broken this morning, that we would confess where we've done wrong, that we would repent from that. And Lord, that we all could just rejoice, that we would, we, we would sing at the top of our lungs. And just let that be our prayer, that God, have your way, move in our lives. Leave the stuff that needs to be behind. Lord, we want more of you. Thank you, God, for coming in the flesh. Thank you for coming as a baby, as a human, and we could... You understand exactly where we're at because you went through the same things. So God, we give you all the glory this morning. Lord, let us sing with everything we got, knowing that you are good, and that you came to be with us. Amen. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.